You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Welcome back to the Weekly Wrap with Arnu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers. And we've been talking local issues. And now we have to go to international. Arnu, I must admit, you've exhausted me with your analysis of what's happening this week in, in the local markets, the South African markets. And you're probably going to exhaust me even more with what's happening overseas because Argentina, Donald Trump, the US Federal Reserve, the Dow Jones machinations up and down here and there. Ah, it's been an incredible five days. Yeah, that, it's it's been unbelievable. I mean, that's uh, I've been to, and I think you've also been to to China, um, and I've been to Hong Kong quite a few times. And I mean, uh, even if you just talk about those protests, I've never seen anything like that in Hong Kong. And and, and the people I know that stays in Hong Kong, I mean, just just from what I know, now I'm not a, I haven't stayed there for very long. Always just been there for business, right. but uh, I mean, this is not normal for those people. They are not violent people. So I don't know. I, I got to admit. I mean, that, that sounds uh, from day to day. It almost sounds as though the the, the world's gone mad. Eh? Um, but I think what one needs to start with is probably the dollar, um, the dollar index, to to be more specific. And it's not as though we've seen the dollar weakening. So the dollar index is still fairly strong. Well, not fairly strong. It's still very strong um, in, on a longer-term basis. Uh, so even with the, the budget deficit that, that we've seen, I think the budget deficit that, that up until the latest number is now for the year, um, the number is the total number that they had for 2018. It's something like that. By comparison, and we only we only in the in, in the middle of the year. So, but even with that budget deficit in in, in the backdrop of in the back of your mind, um, the dollar isn't weakening, and you've got this trade war that's being fought, but the dollar isn't weakening. Um, so it's it's, un, it's unbelievable um, that we we haven't seen some dollar some dollar weakness um, out of all of this uncertainty. So clearly. One can only assume that that market participants still see the dollar as the safest place to hide in times of uncertainty. Um, how long that persists is obviously the question, um, but currently that is still status quo. Um, so, so, and that is actually, I think, in my opinion, that's not very helpful for 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 uh, the states currently. It is actually very helpful for the likes of ourselves. Um, but, but so it, it helps us but it doesn't really help the, the states in terms of what Donald Trump is trying to do. So building industry back again and, and you know, exports and the whole Banking of America great again, going back 30 years and trying mm-hmm. to re, re, revive America that we had then, um, longer, I think, than 30 years. But it's not going to work if if your currency stays strong. Um, so I've, I, I do think, you know, in terms of his policy and the way he wants to shift it, He's got issues, um, and I think a lot of this, a lot of what we are seeing currently, is probably due to a very, very, very strong dollar. I think emerging market meltdowns like Argentina, and for example, is probably also partly not in full, but part of it is most probably economic problems is in emerging markets probably due to that strong dollar. Um, so, 
I mean, that's definitely one worth worth uh, watching. Is is the dollar index is looking at what what it's doing? Is it, it certainly really, is. And, and what you said not. earlier on was actually very prophetic because you said there's a new Cold War going on. I mean, I don't know if you realise what you said, but there's a new Cold War going on. It's a Cold War. It's a trade war, and it's also a tech war. When people like Donald Trump exactly. go against Huawei, and maybe they have information that we don't know about, but there are three different mm-hmm. wars going on. But if you take the trade war and the tech war, and then you draw a little diagram and you put an arrow it goes to cold war it's a new cold war just in a different format and it is it's, it is and mr trump said yesterday he said walmart just shows you how well we are doing now walmart is a store that does well because of americans within america buying stuff so it's almost it's like a, a xenophobic tweet saying, yeah, Walmart is a great indicator of how well the United States is doing. And I don't understand that. He should be talking about international companies in the United States doing well as well. Mm. Um, no, I'm just getting a little bit nervous about this whole thing. Yeah, look at that. The, the, it's, it's, it's two different mindsets. Um, the one... You know, the China is still being open and saying, well, you know, we want to do business with everybody. We, even obviously to their own advantage, they'll even dredge a river in, in Argentina. Um, but they're not doing anything, I think, not for their own advantage. That's not what I'm saying. It's not as though they're philanthropists who's trying to back the world, right? Um, that's not the point. The point is they're open for business to everybody. And anybody who wants to do business with China, uh, the U.S. has now turned around. It's almost become with the China we've seen before. They try to be open, and and the U.S. is very now protectionist um, driven. And like you said, you know, d- comments like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I don't know what they are trying to 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 get from it, unless if he really believes that he can he can revive uh, the states into what it was 30, 40 years ago, when it was leading. Um, industry. I mean, I was just reading a short little article. It's actually not an article. It's just a public, almost like a sense announcement, but it's not a sense announcement. I think it was on Bloomberg or on Reuters or something. Yes. China has now launched a, a company in China has now, and they would. Uh, it's, it's it's bound to be launched shortly, but they're ready to launch. Um, now remember, scooters in China, electric scooters, is is huge. Um, I mean, it, it, it is. It's probably beyond huge. Uh, you've got more than a billion people that needs to get somewhere. Then electric scooters becomes very really important. Um, but now they they're trying to to implement something, and, and Uber is already involved um, doing ride sharing, but with scooters. So we'll neither of us would put own a scooter. Um, this is now the end point. We, we wouldn't own a scooter. We would just book a scooter. So you would walk towards the scooter. You book it on your Uber app. You take your scooter and you drive. Almost like the, the London bikes that you can hire. Yes. But these scooters are electronic. And um, if they need to, to recharge, they're trying to, or they have, according to, the, to this little snippet, they have developed a way in which the scooter can actually take itself back to the charging point and recharge. So, in, in some ways, China and I think parts of Asia is way ahead of of what what sits within in, in the US. So, you know, if, if you're going to try and play that that tech game, you need to be very clever and you need to know where you can compete and where you can't compete. And there's areas where China is spending billions, and it, it would be futile and stupid to try and compete head on. You need to be something different. You need to collaborate with them, in other words. That's what you're saying. You just can't keep on doing this, blah, blah. We're doing this, we're doing that. Uh, We're we're better than China. China is... It's schoolboy stuff. 
Exactly. And if, if, if you go back to, to the Cold War comment, and, and there's, there's, there's lots of reasons why I made that comment, and I think it's, it's a valid comment. Um, if, 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 you, if, you, if you go back to what, what China said straight after the tariff announcement, they started targeting, I think, the one company, um, I think it was Boeing or somebody who was, was operating in, in China. And um, they made the comment. They said, look, if, you, if this is the game you want to play, we'll just target the American companies that's making profits in China directly. And uh, we'll see how far you get. Mm. Now, remember, and, and then today there's an article, I think it's Invesco, um, who's one of the biggest asset managers. In, well, it's actually currently the, the biggest independent asset manager in China. Um, and that, that's an that's, that's a American company. So if, if Trump goes ahead with, well, if it goes along the same route he's been doing up until now, there might be problems, you know. The, the Chinese government could say, well, you've made a lot of money out of us. Um, take your company and go back to your own country um, and go and speak to your own president because he's creating this havoc. Um, so it is interesting things that's playing out. But, but closer to home. Now, just before we um, go on, I have to talk about the electric scooter because I ride a bicycle. I'm in Rotterdam at the moment and I ride a bike and I ride every single day across a bridge called the Erasmus Brook. Okay, and just recently, I've noticed that I'm sort of drifting around, and I'm not the greatest bicyclist in the world. I'm drifting around and going into the into the bicycle lane to the left and the right, and looking at the river, and just generally not being particularly diligent when it comes to my direction. And these electric scooters, you can't hear them. There's no noise. I mean, I think they're I think they're fantastic, but I think they're dangerous. They are very dangerous. If, if you, um, I don't know if you've been to Beijing, but if you ever visit Beijing, if you've been there, you probably would know this. Uh, so Beijing in, in size, uh, in, in terms of the uh, population, yes. if, if you count everybody in, is about the size of South Africa. So I think it's about 48 million plus minus roughly. Um, and a lot of them do use this electric scooter. So if you want to cross the road, there's a different lane for scooters. There's one for scooters and, and bicycles, and then there's the, the normal one for cars. But now, being South African, you don't really check for scooters. You, really, <laughs> you only check for cars, but you can't hear the scooter coming. So I, I can't have hear them. numerous occasions also be almost been ran over by by electric scooter. <laughs> <laughs> I fully agree with you. I, I okay. see the danger in them. Tell yeah, me about the two year to the ten year, the inverted yield curve. What does it mean? It means that people who are investing in two year bonds in the United States of America are getting a bigger interest rate, a higher interest rate, a more lucrative interest mm. rate than they would if they invested in the ten year or indeed the thirty year. Yeah. What yeah. does this mean? Yeah, remember, it's not only the states we're having this. Uh, the UK is now also part of that club. And then we've also got the club where you get negative uh, interest rate, uh, well, yield to maturity for the money that you invest. Um, so it's, it's not it's not 100% certainty that it predicts a recession. There has been occasions in the past um, in history where, where we've seen inverted yield curves without a recession. It's also not that it's at the same time. So it could take a couple of months before we see a recession. It could only be 2020 before there's a recession. Um, but yes, it is concerning because, like you said, people that are investing longer term is taking duration risk or, or time risk, if you want to call it that, willing to get a smaller payoff than the guy who's, who's investing for, for now. Um, it could be inflation driven. I think there's, there's a little bit of that in it. I think there's a, there's a hedge against inflation with inflation picking up in both the US and the UK. People are saying, look, I need to protect myself against inflation. Um, I, I don't know. You know, to be honest, 
But whether it's a recession predictor, which is foolproof, it's clearly not proven. Um, but having said that, with all this uncertainty we've discussed, one can see why there's a concern <laughs> as whether we are heading towards a recession. Um, and at, you know, any time would be able to tell us, I suppose. Yeah, but but very concerning um, and worth checking. But there is other indicators that you can also check. Um, it's not only the inverted yield curve. Do you think now, we had? I, I personally think. Um, I personally think yes. the amount of debt, government debt, that's trading at negative yields, is far more important than than the inverted yield curve itself. You know, and there's that number has been growing by a stunning pace. Um, I mean, last year we thought we we we've moved past past that. Or willing to to get a negative return. Um, well, that's that's the rhetoric that you read. But in actual fact, what the guy is doing is buying something else might buy it from him at uh, even more negative field. I think that's more what's happening than people need to put them in a negative return. Because remember, banks buy any bond to maturity. They normally just buy it to sell it at some point in time. So it's it's, it's more a case of people saying that I think more in the freight, and therefore I'll make a profit on that. Um, but but that is to me is more concerning. I know it's been a volatile week. Let's have a look forward to next week, next month, next year, next five years. After what you've seen over the last week, how are you adjusting your clients' portfolios? How are you speaking to your clients? What is your strategy now? Yeah, look, uh, we're not doing much. Um, uh, we, we're staying with fairly diversified portfolios. A bit of offshore exposure just for the unforeseen, and then we are definitely still we're still holding stocks, uh, local stocks or local shares. We're still holding local fixed income exposure as well. But 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 very close to um, this is now very sounds like a typical um, comment to be to be to be made. But very yes. close to, to to our strategic asset location for each of the different uh, mandates. So we're not taking risks really. Uh, which is going back to basics, to 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 be honest. Um, and, and and you know, when I spoke to I spoke to a couple of clients yesterday as well, people are concerned, and I can understand it. And I think it's just you need to to stick to your plan. And I'm not saying the plan in terms of the money I manage, so the type of work I do. I mean the plan that you get from your hopefully your financial advisor or your own plan that you've compiled yourself. Don't get confused about time period. So don't now go and sell something that's there for five years, put it into money market, and um, hope like hell you can time the, the re-entry. So I, I think one should just stick to your to your plan and just you know sit in your hands. Um, but before I say goodbye, there's one there's one more point which, which yes. I think is, is very important. Um, um, and I, I think people should go and read this. Uh, you know, the PIC made a comment, uh, or there was commentary in the media where they're now investing or looking to invest in West Africa and new gold mines. And the analyst for the mm. PIC, um, you know, she, she, she made a couple of comments. And one of the comments, which was actually very, very telling, is uh, she thinks that Ghana is a more business-friendly environment than South Africa. Now, if an analyst that sits within the PIC, which is the government's own, well, basically asset manager, if you want to call it that, yes. although they're supposed to be independent, um, but if that analyst can see that, look, the business environment in Ghana is friendlier than South Africa, but the rest of, of, of government, uh, you know, can't see it, then one's got to ask some serious questions. And, and clearly we need to make better choices going forward um, to be a friendly business environment. Um, 
But yes, that's something we can touch on, I suppose, next week. Yes, we can. <laughs> but we, just, we, just we, on the Ghana story, it's very interesting because a good friend of mine has just moved from Cape Town, uh, which he loves, uh, to Ghana. And he said that the people there are friendly, the business environment is conducive to doing business, and he's earning dollars there. Uh, the people embrace him as a South African. There's no, mm. there's no strife, if I can put it that way. I said, well, will he come back to South Africa? He said, I've no need to come back to South Africa because mm. of all the reasons that we've sort of talked about over the last couple of years. And it's a very sad situation that a, a, a Cape Tonian and a white Cape Townian as well says, I want to be in Ghana yeah. rather than be in Cape Town. Yeah, look, it, it, it is concerning. And Ghana has been very successful in taking out the red tape and making it easier to do business, which is obviously what I mean by saying it's business friendly. And that's the point we are missing, I feel, in South Africa, is, is we need to make hard and difficult choices. Um, but we need to start focusing and keep our target on what, what's important. Um, you know, we were in the office yesterday, and this is not really the last point. And in the office <laughs> yesterday, we were talking about uh, unions, you know, and then also, you now mentioned being a white Captonian. I'm also a white Captonian in Afrikaans as well. So I suppose um, even, even worse in terms of what we're discussing now. Uh, so, so unions, you know, there's, there's a very bad, if you, if you ask anybody, who is, and I'm not generalizing, so please don't, this is not a political statement or anything. If you ask anybody that's Understood. white and, and, and um, fairly or, or conservative, leaning towards conservative, um, what is a union and, and are they any good? They would probably tell you it's, it's a waste of money and, and they're killing the economy. Yet, if you go and look and you read that, you look up some of the facts and the numbers, a country like, like Sweden, for example, I think it was Sweden or Belgium, I can't remember who it is. They've got a, they've got a, in terms of the, the total employment, total, you know, employment number, people, no, total of people, workers, 98, I think, the percent of them are unionized. And it's working. So it's not the concept of the union which is a problem. In South Africa, the problem is, and this is now my own opinion, and so yes. this is not Sky Blue talking, this is Honest Smith talking. Okay. And I think it's worthwhile we, we, we have this discussion, this open discussion. The union structure is not the problem. The problem we've got in South Africa is that we've got 29% unemployed. Uh, but that is the number if, 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 you, if you don't count the people that's discouraged. If you add them back, it's, it's more than 50% of the population is unemployed. The people that's employed is controlled almost in monopoly type of system in this union system. So everybody that's employed is part of a union, almost almost by default, I want to say. So the unions control a very small portion of the, of, of the total population which are employed, but they are also almost in control of making the rules for, 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 for employment. And that's where you've got a problem now. So there's a monopoly on, on labor, which is unions. And then you've got this huge array of people who doesn't have a job. And, and, and that's where, 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 where the system breaks down. So it's not the union concept that's the problem. The problem is the unemployment. And the problem is that we government allows the union to dictate. And by allowing that they are actually creating this monopoly on labor. So the union's got definitely a monopoly on labor. And um, as long as that's there, I don't know how you're going to create jobs, to be honest, because you can't put in any policies that's going to be 
positive for economic growth and uh, would be able to to create jobs um, because the problem we have is not is not protecting the workers it's actually creating more opportunities for the people that's not working that's where the issue sits the biggest issue sits so we need to address i think we need to keep our eyes on on, on the target and um, need to address the the serious problems in south africa and, and forget about the noise at the lower levels because like any politician uh, any people, any person that's in charge of a bigger group, obviously the unionist is not going to tell you that we should take a lower fee or a, or a lower wage or accept a lower increase so that we can employ more people. No, he's not going to say that because then he's going to lose his own members. Um, so I think we should be – it's definitely time for an open discussion in South Africa and, and we need to take very, very hard um, choices going forward. Tough choices, hard choices going forward, exactly right. And we're not making them, unfortunately. We've got every opportunity Mm -hmm. to do so because we have a political monopoly in South Africa and the tough choices should be made right now. That's my opinion. It's not the opinion Mm -hmm. of strictlybusinesspodcast.com. It's Lindsay Williams's, as yours is as well. It's not Sky Blue's views that you've just put out in the last couple of minutes. That was the weekly wrap. And Anu Smith is from Sky Blue Fund Managers in Cape Town. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.